Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and our deal site is just booming. ClarkDeals.com, that's because our deal diggers are ferreting out deals that will actually save you money and not waste your time. So I don't want to ever waste your time. And by that I mean... You come to me for advice, information, guidance, and there are times that when I do that, you're disappointed, or sometimes you're upset with me. Sometimes you're angry. You feel like, I got screws loose in my head, and I need to hear that from you. I need to know from you when I have come up short, because my job here, my goal, my role is to help you as your shepherd through your daily financial adventures and to help you build a solid financial life. So when I don't do it right, I want the feedback. And that's why we have Clark Stinks. It's where you can go on Clark.com and either let off steam or let me know where I have gone the wrong way as far as you're concerned. And other people can read it, they can post comments on it, etc. Now weekly... Our producer, Krista, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right. Let's start with Tesla. Wait, before you start, I got to tell you something funny. What? Clark Stinks is so polarizing with people. Wherever I go in the country, people will mention Clark Stinks, mm-hmm. and they're on both sides of it. They're either <laughs> like, that is horrible, those things people say. I'm like, no, no, they're great. They're great. And then other people say, that's the funniest thing that you do on your show is Clark Stinks. So regardless of whether people love this or hate it, it makes quite an impression on them. Indeed. All right, well, this poster started out with, I can't find where Clark, whom I love, has called out Tesla for any of its false claims regarding production and pricing for Model 3 and reliability and flaws in Model S and X. Meanwhile, six months after solar tile deposits are taken, why no deliveries? Does Clark own Tesla stock directly or indirectly? You know, I never thought about whether through... Index funds, I would own Tesla stock indirectly. I, I guess I might. I own um, most every company there is in total stock market indexes. But no, I've never owned Tesla stock directly. And I think that the value of Tesla stock is a joke because they've never made any profits. And the thing about Elon Musk is... In order to have done what he's done to this point, you got to be like three quarters crazy and a hundred percent brilliant. And I'd say he is both of those things. And he always overpromises and underdelivers. So the Model Three is not panning out at all like he had sketched in terms of deliveries, and that's a fact. Now, as to reliability issues with the X and S, is that? Yes. Um, I can only go by what Consumer Reports has said, which was they were very negative on the X at one time, 
They rated the S as the greatest vehicle they'd ever tested. Then they took it off the recommended list. Now it's back on the recommended list. So I can't comment specifically on the reliability. I can tell you as someone who's driven one for four years, it's like my birthday every time I get (laughs) in the vehicle. The solar panel thing for the roof, where you can't even tell somebody has solar, is a great concept, but it hasn't been a reality yet. On a recent monologue, you said that there should be no bans on anything, but that but that thing should be taxed. I disagree. This would further separate those who can, can from those who cannot, and this would further erode what is morally reprehensible in society. For example, let's say there is no ban on ivory and there was just an extremely high tax on possessing ivory. Not only will the very wealthy be able to get them, but the destruction of such majestic animals for just their tusks would be unacceptable. You should also consider that bans on human health hazards are necessary. Chemicals such as DDT are known carcinogens and are extremely toxic to humans. Without bans, taxes would just allow those who can afford it to use it for their own selfish purposes, and the repercussions would be on those who had no part in the use of it who happened to get exposed to it. Those are both very, very brilliant examples, and I was thinking more narrowly, but I love those examples. You know, I was, uh, I've had a long-time bias that the idea of outlawing things, like at one time when we had Prohibition outlawed alcohol in the country and cigarettes in, I think, seven states, that Prohibition of addictive substances doesn't work and it only criminalizes the activity and undermines law enforcement. I feel the same way about drugs and that they should be legalized even though they are so extremely harmful. And look at this, 60,000 people apparently, best guess, died last year from opiates, opiate addiction. So I'm talking about legalizing something that's killing so many people And that may seem totally like I'm off my rocker, but I just don't believe that you accomplish anything by outlawing substances that people will use. But the examples given about ivory is is a great example, or dangerous chemicals would be another. Those are things that absolutely there is an appropriate role for prohibition. And then a couple about flight cancellations. Clark, you recently told a caller that his flight may have been canceled due to a light light flight load or other reason, even though he was told it was due to weather, based on his father-in-law declaring clear skies in the arrival city. There are a myriad of factors that go into a weather delay or cancellation. It could be storms en route or weather in an area that your outbound plane is flying in from. In my 25 years of being a flight attendant, I have never experienced a weather delay or cancellation that was anything but. I know it's frustrating, especially when you don't firsthand see the stormy skies, but please don't assume the airline is lying to you. Still a daily listener. Thanks, Clark. Susie. Susie, thank you very much for that post. The thing that I see as as an ethical and moral hazard with the airlines is that for airlines, there is no economic consequence to canceling somebody's flight, but that there's such an extreme economic consequence to a passenger canceling a flight on any airline except Southwest. And my thing is that if an airline doesn't operate a flight for any reason, if they charge us a two to $400 fee for changing our plans, 
if they don't deliver the flight we booked on, they should pay us two to four hundred dollars. A little advice that I hope you can give to the caller with the flight issues to Puerto Rico related to the recent hurricanes. We had a family trip booked with 10 of us. I used my trusty Chase card for the trip cancellation insurance, which was quickly denied. I then called the airline and realized that since they had charged my departure or changed my departure arrival time more than two hours with them adjusting all of their flight schedules, I could get a complete refund of all the tickets. That's wonderful piece of advice that if an airline does make a significant change in a flight reservation you have the right to cancel the flight and get a full refund clark took the hypocritic oath (laughs) instead of hippocratic (laughs) for years clark has been saying that medicine should be treated like any other commodity with transparent pricing this that is exactly what we do at my clinic Yet, unlike other commodities, Clark wants us to essentially extend credit for our product without a social security number. Ever get a car loan without a social security number? How about a store credit card? Clark, you need to get on board 100% with your medicine as a commodity or stop preaching about it. I had to give my social security number for my six-figure student loans, so why not my patients? By the way, thanks for fixing the podcast volume. I am no longer deaf in Wyoming. Uh, so the thing about doctors extending credit is the idea that somebody with insurance, the doctor isn't certain what portion insurance will pay, and then the, they may be stuck with a, an unpaid balance bill. And most insurers now have the ability for medical practices to put in what care someone's receiving at the time they get it. And you should be billed and pay for your portion of that bill right when services are rendered. And that would eliminate the concern the doctor has that somebody walks out the door never to be seen again and they're left with an unpaid balance they can't collect on. Clark, 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 I just listened to you tell a caller that debit cards are not safe to use and that they are not protected. This is a half-truth, sir. If the debit card's issued as a Visa MasterCard debit card and the, so- and the person is using it selects to process their purchase as credit rather than debit, then they are afforded all the same protections as if it were only a credit card. I use my Visa debit card like a credit card a lot more often now than as a debit card because of this. Love your show, but please remember to give all the information. Thank you and keep up the good work you do. Wow, I very much appreciate what you've written there. That's only because your individual financial institution chooses to treat a debit card cleared as credit with the same protections you'd have with a credit card. The law does not require that. But for the financial institution, it's far more profitable when you're asked credit or debit if you say credit. And so that is your own financial institution that is choosing unilaterally, administratively to offer you chargeback rights if items aren't delivered or not as represented, if uh, something never shows up from an online seller, anything like that where you'd be protected because the law doesn't say that. That would be in the terms of agreement between you and the issuer. Words can hit like rocks. A thought about your show comments about the Las Vegas shooting. You called the shooter Looney Tunes. 
If he was mentally ill, he could not have purchased hundreds of weapons legally, could he? You do not know if the shooter was mentally ill or not, and if he was mentally ill, calling mentally ill people Looney Tunes is pathetic. It's as bad as the POTUS calling him evil as if he were seriously mentally ill. Assuming he was mentally ill, then what what is the point in background checks if Looney Tune people can buy hundreds of weapons? Congress will not answer this, as many of our esteemed and honorable congressmen and women are in the pockets of the NRA. In 1996, Austin Tower Sniper's brain was autopsied, and they found a massive brain tumor that was the cause of his actions. You are a national radio host and not in a private conversation with friends, and your words help stigmatize mental illness and could keep someone that needs mental health treatment from seeking it due to bullying like people from people like yourself. I am really, really sorry if I said anything insensitive or inappropriate in the immediate aftermath of the massacre in Las Vegas. That was a horrific event, and it is just unreal to think about people just there enjoying a country music festival having their lives ripped apart and hundreds of people injured, the survivors suffering because of it. And if I showed insensitivity on the issue of mental illness for that, I apologize wholeheartedly. And you know the issue of uh, someone's ability to buy and modify weapons to be automatics firing was 11 rounds a second obviously increased the amount of death that occurred and i again apologize for creating a stigma about mental illness but i cannot picture anybody in his or her right mind visiting such violence on innocence as that individual did and i feel so terrible for the people of nevada and the others that were visiting that suffered because of that. And I appreciate your posts. I want to hear from you. A lot of passion in this week's Clark Stinks. And when I miss the mark, please, or you feel I'm on the wrong path, please let me know at Clark Stinks on Clark.com. Angie joins us on the Clark Howard Show. And Angie, you have a special warning for your fellow listener you have discovered a scam trying to get people's personal information. Tell me about that, if you could. Yes, and thank you, first of all, for all you do for us as consumers. But um, because of the fact that I listen to you and try to be an alert consumer, um, I got an email from a big box company that I have a high degree of respect for. But the um, email caught me a little off guard in that the address from the sender wasn't exactly um, what should have been, what I thought should have been from the um, sender. Well, let's get really specific here, since this is one you've seen, and it's okay. not the fault of the business. Who was it okay. from, supposedly? It was from Costco. But it wasn't really. No, it wasn't really. And um, so I just wanted to let people know to make sure that they check the email address very carefully because I you know you get a lot of spam emails and usually there's some dead giveaway in the email address this one looked very legitimate though it did have some extra information in the email that made me stop 
And that's why I wanted to, number one, ask you about it to make sure it was, if you thought it was a fishing um, experiment on someone's part, or and to warn people to make sure that when somebody's asking for your account information to update it, that you need to be very careful before giving anything online like that. I couldn't have said it better myself. Anytime you get an unsolicited email and they're asking you for information updates on your account, Go outside of that email, go to the website directly, and then you'll know if there's really an update it needed. It's my pleasure to be with you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You want the opposite of ripoffs? How about great deals? That's what we got for you at ClarkDeals.com, where our deal diggers are looking for bargains for you. 24 hours a day and clark.com is our main website so i mentioned earlier in this show about how distressing it is to see the number of people dying on the roads at a nine-year high this is in spite of the fact that road design has gotten a lot safer and vehicles themselves have gotten far safer the irony of this the numbers being so stark and showing this big rise in fatalities is that the cars we're buying now have a lot of features on them specifically designed to prevent an accident. We went through a long phase where the idea was to mitigate the harm to your body, the injuries and potential fatalities, when you were in an accident. Think of all the various airbags in cars, and all the techniques built into cars to make them safer for their occupants, like the crush zones a lot of cars have, to make them safer when you're in an accident. But we're in a different era, the era where the car itself can prevent the accident. So then how do you explain that the fatality rates are going up and up on the roads? And that's pretty simple. It's distracted driving. Look when you're out and about and look how many people around you are on social media or texting or I saw a new one in traffic last week on what they call the 405 because in California you can't call something I-405 or I-5. It's called the 405. Believe it or not, there was somebody next to me in slow-and-go traffic who was watching a video on their phone while we were in traffic. Now, that's some distracted driving. And then the cars themselves, these new fancy screens where you can surf the Internet on that center screen, you can uh, do any of a number of different music services, and... There's just so many things going on that are taking our mind off and our eyes off the road. So Cadillac has come up with the technology as it's perfected, and new technologies start in rich people cars, and they're the beta. They work the problems out with them and create the much cheaper technology that is for normal Earthlings following So Cadillac has created a system where the car 
is able to drive itself on freeways and which Tesla already does, but they did it a different way at Cadillac by limiting it to roadways that they had fully digitally mapped. So it, it, it can't be used everywhere like the Tesla, but auto writers believe it's more accurate than the Tesla self-drive. But here's what's different. In the Tesla, all you have to do is keep one hand on the steering wheel. You can be sleeping and have one hand on the steering wheel. Cadillac will not allow you to do the self-driving, the automated driving, if you're not showing eye contact with the road. They have an artificial intelligence kind of digital camera that monitors your eyes, and if you're not looking at the road and in a position to take over, if the self-drive is having a problem, then you can't use self-drive. It will disengage. It'll warn you and then disengage. But we are getting so close to having technology that will absolutely make you safer. And one that was more a gimmick a few years ago and now's the real deal is a more basic lane departure system. That when you're driving down the road and you get distracted to look down at a text and you start veering out of your lane, which can be deadly on a two-lane road because single vehicle accident, you run off the road into a ditch, flip over, whatever. And on a multi-lane road that you could sideswipe another vehicle, the newest lane departure warning systems will absolutely get your head up off that phone or off of that screen in your vehicle and you'll be looking at the road. It's weird because technology is what's causing the increased crash and death rate on the roads and technology is ultimately going to solve it and I'm predicting that within two years you will see autonomous vehicles on the road not as tests with expert drivers, but ones that actually will be completely self-driving and you'll be able to set a destination in your driveway and have it just drive you from there to where you're going. I know that freaks people out. It's going to save a lot of lives. Molly is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Molly. Hello, how are you? Great, thank you, Molly. You have a business idea you want to run by me? Well, I do. I am a dog trainer, and if um, you talk to any dog trainers, it really isn't about training dogs. It's always about training the person. Yeah, it's and, never worked with me. My well, wife keeps hiring these dog trainers to try to make me a better husband, and it just doesn't seem to help. You know what? You haven't found the right one. Is that what it is? So my idea is I am um, trying to reach out to more rural folks, individuals who do not have access to positive trainers. Um, I'm a a specific kind of trainer. I'm positive reinforcement, do no harm, uh, no prong collars, no choke collars. It's all based on classical and operant conditioning. And finding a trainer who's skilled in those areas can be really, really tough. So I'm, I'm trying to find a way, a platform where I can reach out and perhaps teach online. And it needs to be an interactive platform 
because I need to see people training in real time. One of the, the considerations that I have to take into account is that folks in rural communities often don't have the, uh, the broadband speed that we need in order to make a nice, clear connection so I can see everything. That is a, that is a terrible problem. And what's happening for a lot of people in rural areas is their cell phones, ironically enough, have more bandwidth to be able to carry on a video call or anything like that than a home internet connection. Hmm. And so because of the new technologies available to the mobile carriers, that's only going to improve over the next probably 12 to 18 months, where in extreme rural areas where the internet may not be available at all except by those pokey satellite internet services, the, um, the cell phones themselves are going to offer a robust enough bandwidth where you would be able to carry on a video instruction with somebody right over their phone and your phone. Great idea. I never entertained that. I think I was so stuck on an internet, proper internet connection. And that is, that is, uh, it's not as good for somebody in a rural area to have to depend on their cell phone for data. But the reality is the, the traditional phone companies have no interest in providing high-speed internet to people in rural areas because they can't make money doing it. So there are now these apps that make it fantastic. Obviously, for people who are on iPhones, you could carry on probably a very adequate training session using FaceTime. And for people who use either Android or use uh, a mix of Android and iPhone, Duo is incredible. D-U-O. Okay. And Duo, uh, where... Where Apple only allows FaceTime to be used Apple to Apple, Duo is usable across any platform. Oh, okay. That's helpful. So it's free to use, and the, the, both the uh, Duo and FaceTime account for the slower speeds of somebody who might be on a data connection rather than on a traditional landline internet. Fantastic. This is something I will look into. Thank I got you something so else I want help. you to look at, too. I want you to look at Udemy. Have you looked at Udemy or heard of it? I've never heard of it. Nope. Okay, that's all new to you? Yeah. So Udemy, you can set up uh, courses for people that would not be interactive, but you can make them inexpensive, and it would be like the intro course to maybe oh. recruit new clients for you. And the way Udemy works is based on how somebody gets to your Udemy course, that determines how much of the revenue you get. You can set the tuition pretty much wherever you want. A lot of Udemy courses are like 10 or $15. Others are hundreds of dollars. But you can use that as a way to reach people. It's not going to be the interactive necessarily you're looking for. But it would Fantastic. give you a connection to people. And can you tell me, how do you spell that? Is it U-D-E-M-I? U-D-E-M-Y. Y. Okay, perfect. Oh, this is fantastic. Now I've got some 
something to chew on over the weekend, and I'll do some research. Well, great, and good luck training people, and I assume my wife's going to be your first client, see if you can retrain me. <laughs> Robert's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a question for me that I've been asked by a number of people off the air, but nobody's asked me on the air. It's about what's going to happen to 401ks. Hit me with it. Yes, yes. First of all, Clark, thank you for your service, both in the military and the show. Love listening to you. Extremely helpful. Thank you very much. So my question is concerning these kind of these, these tax reform proposals coming out. And with it, I've been seeing a lot online articles, even in the news, talking about how it could potentially affect our 401ks, uh, specifically the Rothification of 401ks. And I wanted to get your take on this and see what you think can happen with that. Yeah, so it's a method of the Congress boosting tax revenues now and not worrying about what happens decades down the road. So banning traditional 401ks and traditional IRAs and only allowing Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks, which is one of the things being bandied about, it would give everybody no upfront tax benefit, but long-term the huge benefit of what you have in your account plus its earnings flowing to you tax-free. Gotcha. Now, do you think, I know you're a big proponent of having uh, your assets kind of in both post- and pre-tax accounts right. uh, putting into retirement. So do you think this is something that is a benefit or a hindrance? To- I think it's, for most people, it's a real benefit, particularly in their early earning years. But again, anything that's a proposal in Congress is just that. Nick joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Nick. Hey, Clark. Nick, okay, I want you to share with your fellow listener your age. Okay, 29 years old. And you at 29 years old are going to ask me about? Credit card. Credit cards? Yep. All right, I thought you were going to ask me about retirement. Well, that too. That's, that's, it's two-parter. All right. <laughs> you threw me a curveball because I'm always so excited when someone in their 20s like you is thinking about retirement so far off in the future. But let's start with credit cards. What do you want to say? Okay, so I I do not have a credit card. I never had a credit card before. And I was curious to, to know uh, where do I start? Like, which credit card should I get? Well, you've never had any kind of credit, no car loan. Anything no, like that? Nothing. No, no student loans, nothing. All right, so the short answer is nobody's really thrilled about having you. <laughs> but there's a startup organization I want to make sure you're aware of that is called Petal Card. Okay. P-E-T-A-L Card. Okay. .com. And they are um, issuing people visa cards without an annual fee, without any gotchas, basing it on how you do paying your regular bills every day. Uh So they use a different method of trying to analyze you instead of looking at a past credit history. So if you go to Pedal Card, you can go on the wait list because they ration invitations out. And when they decide that they're willing to take an application from you as long as is their background check on you that's not like a conventional credit report. If you pass that, they'll issue you 
a regular old Visa card. Won't have a giant limit on it, but it'll start that process of you establishing credit. You don't have to put any money on deposit or anything like that. Awesome. Now, if that ends up being a dead end for you, then the next step is, are you a member of a credit union yet? Uh, No. All right, I want you to go join a credit union near you. Okay. And many credit unions, not all, but many, maybe a majority, offer what are known as fresh start programs, which are designed for people who either had a bad history with credit or no history. And what they do is you join the credit union, you put a certain amount of money on deposit with the credit union in an interest-bearing account, and then they issue you a Visa or MasterCard that is loosely based on that uh, amount of money you have on deposit with them, and then you show a good payment record, then you are free to take your savings out if you want or leave it there if you wish. Okay, cool. So let's move on to retirement, because now we've taken you from 29 now to when you're ready to retire. Yes. I, I wanted to know what I should do between a 401k or a Roth. And I've been doing some researching, and it looks like the Roth is like where I want to kind of go. Yeah, so uh, do you have a 401k available to no. you where you work? No. Okay, so in your case, you can only do the Roth. Yeah, oh, okay. And you can do up to 5500 a year in a Roth. And it's great doing it at 29 years old because it gives so much more time for your money to grow for you. And then everything in it is yours ultimately to spend tax-free, which awesome. is why, especially when you're young, doing money into a Roth pays off so much more down the road. Cool. And I've got a guide at Clark.com that walks you through how to set up that Roth. Okay, awesome. So best to you, just look at my investment guide and get started with that. Get started with building the credit, and you got quite a positive future in front of you. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals. Well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet. And they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.